Um, welcome to part two of our Yomiyun on Kfiyus Itim Latorah. Rav Benosh is correct that he doesn't need to be introduced in his yeshiva, not to his Talmidim, and not to others. He's one of our great products, obviously. He's a Rosh Hashiva in YU. So I was thinking, what could I say new that hasn't already been said about him? I've noticed a change in the yeshiva over the last few months, and I could say this. It's a great privilege to hear a shear from Tani Bednarsh's father. <laughs> I wanted to start with a uh, famous stira in the Rambam. I don't know what Rav Blachman talked about. I apologize. I couldn't make it for his shear. So if I'm repeating anything he said, just raise your hand and tell me, and I'll move on to something else. I have 40 Makoros here, so I'm not really going to cover them all. This is what I spoke about on Rosh Okay, excellent. All right, so we'll chazer it quickly then. The, uh, the, Rambam, the Rambam famously says, Makar, uh, starting from the Gemara marker number one, Tana Rabbanan, Lil Motor Vlisa Isha, Yil Motor Vyacharka Gisa Isha, Vimi Efshalobalo Isha, Yisa Isha Vyacharka Yil Motorah. If you have a choice to either learn Torah or get married, then you should learn Torah first and push off getting married till later. And if it's impossible, then you should get married first. And then there's a whole uh, discussion later in the Gemara, difference between Bnei Bavl and Bnei Eretz Yisrael. We don't have time to go into all the details, but you can take my word for it or look it up later, that according to all the Rishonim here, however they read this very complicated rest of this Gemara, the principle is that if you have two options and they're both possible options, then it's better to learn Torah and not get married. You'll get married later. So learning Torah seems to be doche, seems to take precedence over the mitzvah of getting married, which of course is also the very first mitzvah in the Bible of Puruvu. So Talmud Torah takes precedence over getting married and Puruvu. The Raman codifies that number two and says, Ha'ish mitzuvel per yavrev ha'isha, matai ha'ish mitzvah ben a man is chayev in Puruvu and not a woman. And when is a man chayev at first from 17 years old? Okay, that's his own sugya. The Gemara says in Kiddushin uh, that at 20 years old, if a man is not married, Hashem has very harsh things to say about him. Um, and the Ramam interprets this to mean that at 20 years old, if a man is not married, he is being mevatel, and I say, he violates a bitel, I say, of Puruvu. However, someone was learning Torah and busy with Torah. If, however, a person was busy learning Torah, was afraid to get married, because then he'll have to work hard for a living. In those days, your parents didn't uh, always support you when you first got married for a couple of years. Uh, as soon as you got married, you had to go out and make a living. So he's afraid if he has to make a living, he will not be able to learn Torah. Then he's allowed to delay marriage. That's a principle that appears in a few places in Masechet Prachot, Masechet Sukkah. If I'm doing one mitzvah, I'm potter from another mitzvah, such as if I'm in the middle of focusing on uh, in Shul, I'm focusing on Birkat Kriyashman, I have Kavan in my davening, and a guy comes over schnurring, asking for money, I don't have to give him money, because I'm doing one mitzvah of davening, I'm potter from another mitzvah of Tzedakah. Okay, the example in the Gemara is similar to that. Or if I'm busy doing a mission for Pidyon Shvuyim or something uh, for Klal Yisrael that I'm potter from Sukkah. So the Ramam says, if Osek B'mitzvah is potter, mina mitzvah, then Kolchkein Torah is better than a regular mitzvah. So if I'm busy with Torah, I'm potter from the mitzvah of Puruvu. 
not only can I delay for Uvu, but the Ramam says in rare cases, next paragraph, Misha Chashkanav Shoba Torah Tamid Vishagabak Ben Azai, someone whose soul is really in love with Torah. And 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 his only thing about Torah, like Ben Azai, Ben Nidbak, Bakol Yamav, cleaves to Torah's whole life, Lona Saisha, and never gets married. Ain Biado Avon, Bushloye Yitro with Gabera Love. Okay, then it's not even a sin if someone never gets married if they're so into learning that they can never find time to get married. That's okay as long as their Yitzhar doesn't get the better of them. Okay, then the Ram continues. If their Yitzhar does get the better of them, then that's a different story. They have to deal with that. The principle of this Ramam is very clear and seemingly straightforward. Osek the mitzvah is potterman a mitzvah. Torah is even better. So for sure, Osek the Torah is potterman a mitzvah. The only problem is that this contradicts another Rambam. The other Rambam is number three. Says number three, the Rambam in Hilchos Talmud Torah, Ein lecha mitzvah b'chol mitzvot kulan shishkula k'neged Talmud Torah. There is no other mitzvah that's equal to Talmud Torah. Ela Talmud Torah k'neged kolam mitzvot kulan. Talmud Torah is the equivalent of all the mitzvot put together. Shat Talmud mevidu de'masek. His Talmud learning brings you to action. The Therefore, you should learn always before you do, because you have to learn in order to do. Dalid, you had a choice. You can learn Torah, or you can do a mitzvah. If that mitzvah can be done by others, you shouldn't interrupt your learning. Let's say they say, who wants to come help? I don't know, who wants to come help with homeless people? And they need eight volunteers. And there's lots of people to volunteer in your learning. So let a different eight people volunteer, and you'll keep learning Torah. Because you're not really needed. There are lots of people who want to volunteer. But, be love, what if there's no one else to volunteer? What if they need eight people and only seven other guys volunteered? And everyone else is learning. So then, you should do a mitzvah, and then go back and return to your learning, go back to yeshiva. So the Ramam's principle is very clear. If there's a mitzvah that you need to do, not talking about the first half of the Ramam, a mitzvah that someone needs to do. If someone needs, you know what, there's always a mitzvah that someone needs to do, and everyone can always volunteer. So you have to make a cheshbon, what's your tafkin in life, you know, should you volunteer for this or for that? If you're learning Torah, and there's lots of volunteers, let other people volunteer, and you'll learn. Um, but, if, you need to do a mitzvah, like they need you, or it's something personal that you need to do, like you need to build a sukkah, or buy a lulav, right, which is, no one else, I mean, no one else is volunteering to do it for you, or you need to, um, or you need to go help someone out, and they need you, then, you should interrupt your learning, and go do the mitzvah, and then go back to your learning. The principle seems to be, that if you're osik in Torah, you're not potter from other mitzvahs, if their personal mitzvahs which are obligated on you. You should interrupt your learning, go to the mitzvah, and go back and learn. And that comes from Gemara number four. One Pasuk says about Torah, it's more precious than pearls, and all of your business is not equal to it. Yeah, business is not equal to Torah. But mitzvot, things for Hashem, those are equal to Torah. But another Pasuk says, Nothing is equal to Torah. Not even mitzvahs are equal to Torah. So what's better? Are mitzvahs equal to Torah or is Torah better? And the answer is, This is if someone else could do the mitzvah, then you should keep learning Torah. But if you need to do the mitzvah, then you should interrupt Torah and a mitzvah is more important. So it's very clear, the Rambam number three, Paskins for the Gemari Moikat number four, that... If you're busy in Torah, you're not putter for mitzvahs. If there's a mitzvah you're obligated in that you need to do, you should stop learning and do the mitzvah. 
That's a flat-out stira to the Gemara in number, uh, number one, and the Rambam in number two, to the Ram Hilchot Ishod, who says that if you're Osek B'mitzvah, you're Potter from Mitzvos, and for sure Osek B'Torah is Potter from Mitzvos. So here we have a stira. The Ram says in general, if you're learning Torah, you have to interrupt to do a Mitzvah, but when it comes to getting married, you shouldn't interrupt learning Torah to get married. Rather, you should keep learning Torah. That is a, um, that is a famous stira. Um, now, before we... Um, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, can you say that this isn't a case of Osik Batara, this is a case of you could go learn Torah or you could do another Mitzvah. You're not already Osik Batara. Ah, okay. So if you want to, perhaps you can answer that really once you're learning Torah, you should not interrupt to do any Mitzvot. But the Rambam in number three, if you look at his Lashon, he says... Hi, he says, It sounds like maybe the answer is, if you're already learning Torah, you shouldn't do mitzvahs. But if you haven't started learning yet and you have to choose, then it depends if or not. And that's a possible answer. I thought about that answer. The, uh, the problem is that the... Uh, the, 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 the what? The problem is that, number one, you end up, you're learning, you have no lulav and sukkah against the famous Yerushalmi in, you don't have to turn to it, but the Yerushalmi says in number 15, doesn't everyone admit, but not only is it against common sense, it's against the Lushan of the Rambam here, because the Lushan of the Rambam in Mokar 3 Halachadalid, it starts out sounding like you're suggesting. But look at the rest of the Rambam. Now he's talking about interrupting your learning. Both halves of the, both clauses of this sentence, lo yafsik, versus yachzor, yachzor means you're a mafsik, otherwise how can you be chozer? So it seems to me that I, li- I like the shot at first, but I don't think that's going to explain the Rambam. The Rambam really sounds like he's so sure himself, in a general rule, his programmatic statement, El Chotamud Torah, is that you should interrupt learning to do any mitzvah you're obligated to do. However, his specific statement in Hilchot Ishot is that you should not interrupt learning to get married. And if he had just said that, we one thing, special rule about getting married. But he makes it a general rule. Osek mitzvah patrim mitzvah and kol shigain osek v'torah patrim mitzvah. So he has a zero between two general rules. On the one hand, osek v'torah patrim mitzvah, he makes a general rule in Hilchot Ishot. On the other hand, he said you should interrupt your learning to do a mitzvah if it's necessary for you to do. Now, this gets into the question somewhat of why it is that Osek B'Torah should not be Pater Min mitzvot. Like, let's start with the Rambam in number three, the Gemara number four. Why shouldn't Osek B'Torah be Pater from Mitzvot? If I'm learning Torah, why should I have to do anything? I should just learn Torah, and I shouldn't build a sukkah, and I shouldn't get a lulav, and I shouldn't be Gomel Chasadim, and I shouldn't uh, do I should just be Pater from everything. Can anyone think of a reason why, maybe, the Gemara in Marikotten says that I should interrupt my learning to do a mitzvah? Why? Yeah? Because then I might never end up doing mitzvahs at all. Okay, why isn't that generally a problem? So, every time I osik my mitzvah, why shouldn't I have to interrupt? Because otherwise I'll never do mitzvot. That's meant as an easy question. Because let's say I'm osik and pidyon shvuyim. I shouldn't interrupt to build a sukkah. Ah, oh, will I ever build a sukkah? Next year, when I'm not Osek in Pidyon Shvuyim, how, how many Pidyon Shvuyims could I have, right? Let's say I'm Osek in Davening. I won't give Tzedakah. Will I never give Tzedakah? No, I'll give Tzedakah later when I finish Davening. Most cases of Osek in Mitzvah, they're only for a short while. So in the short while, I'm doing one Mitzvah, I'm Pacha from the other. The problem with Osek in Talmud Torah is that 
This is called in Hebrew, Eilid of our Sof, or in Latin, Reductio Ad Absurdum. Right? The problem is that since you always have to learn Torah, it's always a mitzvah to learn Torah, then I can learn Torah and never do any mitzvot. But that's just against common sense. Obviously the Torah meant I should do mitzvot. That is exactly the explanation of the Birke Yosef in number three. Says the Birke Yosef, the Birke Yosef is the parish on the Shulchan Aruch by the Chidah. The Chidah is one of the greatest uh, Sephardic Akron in the last couple hundred years. Um, he wrote many, he wrote more Sephardim than I can barely count. Um, but one of his more famous ones is the Birke Yosef on the Shulchan Aruch. And he says here, um, he makes a whole diuk in the Rambam that the Gemara has an opinion, which is not clear if that's a dot yachid or an accepted psaq, that Sofrim, who are writing Sifrei Torah, Tefillin, and Mezuzot, are potter for all the mitzvahs, because Osek mitzvah, potter, and a mitzvah. The Rambam never quotes that. So he says, why? Ah, because you can't potter a sofer from all the mitzvahs, because a sofer can write all day long. So then he'll never do mitzvot. That's ridiculous. Anything you could do every day, all day long, can't pot you for mitzvot, because reduct you ad absurdum. Then you'll never do mitzvot. It's one thing to pot you for mitzvot once in a while, but you can't have a tour for mitzvot your whole life. And therefore he says, let's just um, read the, uh, the last couple lines. Um, the, uh, we'll start at the end of the sixth line. The shani mitzvah ba me'it le'if ve'in not to be written, it's not to be written. There's a difference between a mitzvah that happens occasionally and is not, uh, all, is not, doesn't happen all the time, to a mitzvah that applies all the time. De chovat gavra yom yom yabia v'laylei yichave, because the einaki, because there's certain chovot that you can do all the time, all day and all night, and never be exempt from. Kachol shedivarnu v'domina de chot ve'stam nami tadiros kivazeh. Sofrim who writes stam are always working on it. Dinu demipsuki. Therefore, they should interrupt for mitzvot. Then akelo ina kemikol a mitzvot because they can't be part of all mitzvot. Di partart le mashgacha lashiv turim tadir. That's the reductio ad absurdum. If you exempt a sofer from doing mitzvahs, he'll never daven, he'll never put on the tefillin he writes, he'll never build a sukkah or a sheikh lulav. Asholo Allah le moments will claim him, then they won't have mitzvah their whole life. Uvachiyalo amro osigmitzvah padim in mitzvah. The, okay, I, I apologize. I started a little, uh, I started a little too late. The, uh, the, if you start in the fourth line, he says, Umashma to apta osigmitzvah, yifsok the mitzvah, she yafshal asot al yacherim. Even if you're learning, you should interrupt for a mitzvah that you need to do. Kudimashma asham rashi vitosal for a ram per yamal tamatorah, vari kaimalot osigmitzvah padimana mitzvah, below plugin yafshal asot al yacherim below. Normally, osigmitzvah padimana mitzvah, and it makes no difference if it needs you to do it or not. Umashma kaven the kvar sakva for tomorrow here. It's once you do one mitzvah, you're potter for another. Kamoshik also a rich baran per kam tigdushim. Mikashi elchta elchta umurch lechali kamoshik hilaknu the shani mitzvah ba meid leit etc. You have to explain why is osik b'tamot Torah potter chayav and mitzvot because you can learn Torah your whole life and never do mitzvot and that would be ridiculous. When you get to a ridiculous result in philosophy, that's called a chiddush. Um, but in halacha, if you get to ridiculous result, that's called reductio ad absurdum. You can't have ridiculous piskit halacha. And therefore, Talmud Torah can't pot you for mitzvot because of this reductio ad absurdum. That is the explanation of the Berke Yosef. Okay, very good. Anyone have another explanation why Osef the Talmud Torah would not be potter for all mitzvot? Okay, so perhaps it's because of the unique nature of Talmud Torah. Now we'll save this in two different ways. I'll start in one way. Look at number five in the Me'iri in Moikatan there. Says, number five, Even though Osek B'mitzvah is Patrim mitzvah, Talmud Torah is not included. Someone who's Osek B'torah 
and a mitzvah came to his hand. If someone else do the mitzvah, then you shouldn't stop learning. And don't ask, then why do we interrupt learning for a funeral and a wedding? Because they always need you, because they need more people at a funeral and a wedding. If no one else could do it, like you're necessary, there aren't enough other people, or it's a mitzvah you personally have to do, even though we don't say someone who's Osig in Talmud Torah is part of a mitzvah. Why hold the Ikrali Diakim Shar Mitzvot? The main point of learning Torah is to know how to do the mitzvot. Talmud Torah is really tougher to the other mitzvot. The point of Talmud Torah is to know how to do mitzvot. So the whole point of Talmud Torah is like a hechsher, a preparatory stage to do mitzvot then of course learning Torah can't pass you for mitzvot. That's ridiculous. It's like saying building a sukkah passes you from sitting in a sukkah. Or buying a lulav passes you from shaking the lulav. Or, I, or, or writing tefillin passes you from wearing tefillin. It makes no sense. Half of the preparatory stage be more important than the end result. The whole point of Talmud Torah is to get to the end result of learning, of doing rather, and therefore Talmud Torah can't pass you from doing. Therefore he says, for any mitzvah, you can't be mekayimel yidecheirim. According to the Me'iri, there's a clear hierarchy here. The end goal, there's a means and an end. The end goal is mitzvot, doing mitzvot, having the life of doing mitzvot. The way, the means to that goal is Talmud Torah. Since Talmud Torah is only the means, only the heksher, the means to get to mitzvot, therefore, of course, learning Torah doesn't pot you for mitzvot. Because then, the, the, that would be the preparatory stage can't pot you from the end goal. According to this, when Iri has a very clear hashkafa. Talmud Torah never passes you from Kiyom of Mitzvot. Talmud Torah never passes you from Kiyom of Mitzvot. According to Iri. Ah, then why should you learn Torah and not get married? If Talmud Torah doesn't pass you from Mitzvot, we don't have time to read it inside, but the Iri in Makar number 5 has a different shot on the sugi of not getting married. He says, really... You have your whole life to prove There's no rush. Right? This is a big issue. We're not getting into this halach lamaisa, this very, very delicate issue nowadays. But when people get married, this is a very big halachic issue. The mitzvah of pruvu. Is it a mitzvah to have kids right away, like the Ramam says? And if you don't have kids right away, you're mavatal mitzvah say? Or is it a mitzvah to have kids someday and there's plenty of time? I mean, if you get married and your wife's 40, not so much. But if you get married and you're young people, you have plenty of time to do the mitzvah. The Me'iri seems to hold. There's plenty of time to do the mitzvah of Puravu. Then what's so bad about not getting married? He says the only problem of not getting married is that we're afraid you might have her hurim and all kinds of, uh, of stumbling blocks. And therefore, he says, if a guy's sure he doesn't have her hurim and the Torah will uh, be mekadashim and metahir him and protect him, then he can learn Torah and not get married. Kitzer, what I'm trying to say, outside for the Me'iri and Makar 5, the Me'iri holds Talmud Torah never passes you for mitzvahs. Never. Talmud Torah never passes you for a mitzvah that you have to do. It doesn't even pot you from Puravu. Why does it pot you from getting married? Because there's no mitzvah to get married and have kids right away. You have plenty of time. The only reason to get married young is to avoid her hurim. And if someone doesn't have her hurim, that reason doesn't apply. And there's absolutely no p'tur involved with not getting married right away. It's just a perfectly reasonable thing to do l'chachila. Okay, to summarize then, the Me'iri said, Talmud Torah never pots you for mitzvahs. 
the reason it pops you from getting married is because there's no chiv to get married young anyway. And there's no chiv to have kids young anyway. However, the Rambam, right? Let's go back to the Rambam. The Rambam holds, on the one hand, Talmud Torah pops you for mitzvahs. On the other hand, it doesn't. Now, the Rambam here is a little tricky. We so far have two approaches to why, two approaches to why Talmud Torah doesn't pop you from all mitzvahs. One is the Me'iri, because mitzvahs are more important than Talmud Torah. That's not going to work for the Rambam, because the Rambam says, mitzvahs pop you for mitzvahs, kol shekein Torah pops you for mitzvahs. Second is the Birke Yosef, which Jonathan told us, that Talmud Torah doesn't pop you for mitzvahs because you do it all the time. Okay, that's also not really going to have faith. It doesn't pot you from mitzvahs because you do it all the time, and it shouldn't pot you from getting married anyway. So we still have to work a little more on the Rambam. Let's go back to the Rambam then. Anyone have an idea as to why it could be that the Rambam on the one hand says Talmud Torah doesn't pot you from mitzvahs you have to do? On the other hand, he says, for sure, Kol Shekane potters you from mitzvahs like getting married. Anyone have a way to answer the steer in the Rambam? Right? After all. Right, what's the goal of life? To answer steers in the Rambam, no? Uh, if you look at the last of the Rambam, Aha, very, very good diuk, okay? I, I, I don't mean to disappoint you. You're not the first to make that diuk. The, uh, I, I, you never know who the first to make any diuk is, because there are all kinds of obscure farm out there. But the first super-duper famous a uh, person to make that diuk is Mukher 12, is the Shulchan Aruch Harav. The, uh, as you might be familiar with, the, uh, the Shulchan Aruch Harav was written by the first Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Balatanya. He had a different philosophy about certain things in Judaism than the Gra and the Vilna Gon and his Talmidim. But when it comes to Talmud Torah, they have the exact same philosophy. I mean, you could swear that the Tanya lifted his discussion of Talmud Torah out of the Nefesh HaChaim, Rav Chaim Velozhner, the main Talmud of the Grah, or that Rav Chaim Velozhner plagiarized his section about Talmud Torah from the Tanya. Now, don't swear, because that would be a false oath, because they both thought of it independently. It's just a case of great minds think alike, at least great minds with the same Masora at their disposal um, think alike. But the, uh, the first Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Balatanya, in the Shulchan Aruch number 12, says exactly this answer. He says, it depends. There's two kinds of interrupting Talmud Torah. There's interrupting Talmud Torah temporarily and you come back to it. And there's interrupting Talmud Torah in a way that you can't really come back uh, to Talmud Torah because you're leaving the base matters. There's leaving the base matters for an afternoon. And there's checking out of the base matters and moving on to a different lifestyle. And then he says, no problem. The Rambam in Makor Mukher 3 says, Talmud Torah doesn't pot you for mitzvahs you need to do if those mitzvahs are temporary. Temporary, as he says, v'yachshul talmudo. If you have to go, yeah, help an old lady. Or you have to go do kibbut of the aim. Or, you know, you have to go drive your father someplace. Or you have to go buy a lulav. Or any of these mitzvahs that take one day. So then, you should take one day, do the mitzvah, and go back to your learning. However, if it's a mitzvah that's going to take you away from learning the gamre, like someone who has to get married and go out and get a job and leave the base medrash, then he's never going to come back to base matters. He has to work all day. Then, Talmud Torah passes you from getting married because Talmud Torah, that would be bottle all day long, passes you from mitzvahs. Talmud Torah, that would be bottle for only a couple hours, does not pass you from mitzvahs. Why would that be? And here it's a little funny. Does that mean everyone should never get married and never have a job and only stay in the base matters? 
It's a little funny. So he says, this is based on a famous word of the Shulchan Archerav. I don't know if you're familiar with this famous Shita or not. Shulchan Archerav is a famous Shita, and here's also what you see. When it comes to Talmud Torah, he wrote a special Hukos Talmud Torah in, in, in the uh, Shulchan Archerav. He has Orachayim, he has uh, parts of Yerodea, snippets from Choshen Mishpat, Ebna Ezer, and he has a whole long Hilchas Talmud Torah. He writes, in brisker fashion, there are Tzvei Dinim in Talmud Torah. Here I'm summarizing 12 outside. There are Tzvei Dinim in the midst of Talmud Torah. One is to know the Torah, to know that basic knowledge of Torah, to know all the basic halachos with the main details and the main reasons behind them. And then there's number two, to be mamik and mechadesh and deeper lambdas and to be ma'ayin more and more. And he says, very simply, he says that the chiv to no kolotar kula, that's more important than mitzvos. The chiv to just be ma'ayin extra more and more and more, that you have to interrupt to do mitzvos. Then he says, very simple, if a guy is only 20 and he hasn't yet mastered kolotar kula, right, it's not so hard to master kolotar kula. I don't know, I think it is. But I heard once from a shechter, that it's not hard to learn Kol Kula. All you have to learn is, you know, uh, Shas, uh, Bavli, uh, Yerushalmi, and Shulchan Aruch, and, uh, you know, Kol Kula. Yeah, so, now you're Oh, okay. So, uh, I don't know uh, which of them plagiarized from the other. So, in any case, the Shulchan Aruch Rav says this Sveidinim and Talmud Torah. Let's see how this explains the Rambam very nicely. Says the Shulchan Aruch Rav to explain the Rambam. Says the Shulchan Aruch Rav to explain the Rambam. He says this Sveidinim. One then is to master the Torah. To have a, ma- a basic knowledge of Torah. That, you have to stay in yeshiva when you're young and learn a lot. And if you're 20 and you still haven't mastered Torah, you have to stay another year or two or three or four until you get your basic ideas of Torah down. So one he will call Yediyat HaTorah. He would have said Yediyat HaTorah. Um, one he of Yediyat HaTorah, that is more important than interrupting to do a mitzvah. So, Yediyah Torah means you have to stay in yeshiva. You shouldn't get married. The chiyav of Yediyah Torah passes you for the mitzvah of getting married until you have a basic Yediyah. Then there's a chiyav, so just learn more and more and more eon and to know more and more details of Torah. That chiyav does not pass you for mitzvah. So you should get married and you should buy a lulav and you should do chesed and you should do all kinds of mitzvahs. And then you'll go back to learning whenever you have the chance to buy in a little more. So just an extra hour of eon, a mitzvah takes precedence over an extra hour of eon. And that's Helkas Talmud Torah, Mukher 3. Getting a basic Yediyah of Torah, that's more important than any mitzvah. And that is, number three, to stay in yeshiva until you have a basic Yediyah of Torah, overrides all mitzvahs. You can go do chesed for one day, because you'll come back to yeshiva but you shouldn't get married and, ha- and go out and get a job until you have a basic idea of Torah, because basic idea of Torah beats mitzvos, and mitzvos beats an extra hour of limud once you already have your grounding in Torah. That's the Shulchan Aruch HaRav. Isn't it not two dinim in Um... Let's see. Ah, uh, because he starts with, Kol Mishadaito V'Koach Zichrona Yafesh Whoever has a good enough mind that he can learn Kol Kula. Okay, fair enough. The, I figured I'm in Gush, so that's, uh, we're speaking to all those kind of people. The, uh, the, uh, yeah. Don't repeat this to 12th graders, it'll intimidate them. Um, but, uh, and then Ellie will be very mad at me. 
But, uh, but, you know, okay, everyone in this room has a good enough mind that they can have a mastery of Torah. So, you're right. For if someone can achieve the goal of learning Kol Tarkula, that goal of learning Kol Tarkula is Doche Mitzvos. And they can take an hour off, they can take a day off, but they shouldn't leave the base medrash and go to work until they've learned Kol Tarkula. Someone who can't learn Kol Tarkula, or someone who already learned Kol Tarkula, okay? So that's just an extra hour of limud is good, but you should interrupt it to do a mitzvah. The, uh, the, anyone have any other answers to this to you in the Rambam? That's a great answer, by the way. Yes, yeah, so it, it's an, it, I, I hear it, except for the fact that that's not what the Rambam says in Mokr 2. If you look what he says in number 2 at the end of Halacha Bet, he says, He makes it seem general. Osek mitzvah is potter mitzvah, and kol shekein osek b'torah is potter mitzvah. So he makes it seem very general. Okay, I'll throw out a few other answers, uh, because I want to go on to one or two more points, but I won't l- learn all the answers here. The Myram Shik in number nine says that it's because pruvu is efshal yidei You don't have to have kids, someone else can have kids. After all, as long as someone out there has kids, the world will be populated. And why does it make a difference if you have kids or someone else does? And therefore, he says, the Ramam's not really a stira. The Ramam says, Osek the Torah is potter for mitzvah someone else could do. And someone else could have kids, as long as the world is populated. Okay, that is a bit of a big chiddish, though, because halachically, that's not true. You know, luckily, a guy can't decide, I never want to have kids, and, and my brother will have twice as many kids instead, or I'll be Yotze with someone else, I'll give someone else $10,000 and they'll have kids for me. Um, you know, that doesn't work halachically. Halachically, everyone has a personal obligation to have kids. Likewise, the Orch HaShulchan, number 10, and the Nitzim suggests number 11, that it's not really being mevatal a mitzvah to not have kids and delay getting married, because you can always have kids later. So it's not being mevatal a mitzvah. So it's like it's efshal yidei someone else. If someone else could do the mitzvah, then you shouldn't stop your learning. Or if you could do the mitzvah later, that's like someone else doing the mitzvah and you shouldn't stop your learning. That's also a little tricky because in number two, the Raman says explicitly that if you pass 20 years and you don't have kids, then you're over mevatal mitzvah say. That it is a bit say. There is a chiyav on you personally to have kids and there is a chiyav on you to have kids right away and not to delay till later. That seems to be a little dachuk. Until Rav Lichtenstein got to it. Says Rav Lichtenstein like this. Rav Lichtenstein says very poshit. And with this, we'll segue into the second part of the shir. Mukher 13, the Rishalmi and Peah. V'talmud Torah. Remember that Mishnah and Peah? We know that Mishnah and Peah because we say it every morning. Right? Elud Dvarim She'inlam Shiur. Right? Ha'peyav V'kirim V'ayonu G'milut Chatzadim V'talmud Torah. And then, Eilat Zvarim Adam Ochel Perotehem, etc. V'talmud Torah, Keneged Kulam. Says the Yishalmi, Rav Brechiv, Rav Chiyad, the Kfar Tchumen. Chadim, Rav Filu Kololim, Kulayin, Oshav, Afilu Dvar Chabna Torah. One says, even the whole world is not worth a word of Torah. The Chadim, Rav Filu Kol Mitzvot, Tehashel Torah, Inan Shavot, Dvar Chabna Torah. And one of them said, even all the mitzvot are not worth one word of Torah. And the Gra. There in Shnot Eliyahu, in his parish on the Mishnah Peah, there, he really takes this ball and runs with it. He says, no mitzvah is even worth a fraction of a minute, much less ten minutes or an hour of learning Torah. Every word of learning Torah is worth more than any mitzvah. If you sit and learn for an hour, you have many, many words. It's like a gazillion, gazillion mitzvahs. And the Yushami is very, very clear priority. It's not that mitzvahs are more important than Torah is a way to get to mitzvahs. It's not that Torah is just a preparatory stage in order to know how to do mitzvot. 
It's that Torah is infinitely more precious. Every word of Torah is more precious than mitzvot. If every word of Torah is more precious than mitzvot, then why would you ever interrupt your learning to do mitzvot? So, what, what's your name? Okay. Ami. Ami. Maybe what Ami meant is this. Rav Lichtenstein says, this is actually written up in the Sefer Menchat Aviv. He says, based on the Yushalmi 15, doesn't Rosh Hashim admit you interrupt your learning to make a sukkah and a lulav? Doesn't Rosh Hashim admit you interrupt your learning for sukkah and lulav? Doesn't he admit you have to learn Amanat Lasot? You can't learn Amanat Shalulasot. Learning is only learning Torah if you learn it to do. If you learn it not in order to do it, that's called academic study. That's not called Talmud Torah. What makes Talmud Torah Talmud Torah is that it's not just an intellectual study, but it's coming from a certain commitment and relationship. Amanat Lasot. And therefore, the Gemara even adds, Someone who learns not for the purpose of doing, someone says, I'm learning intellectually, but I'm not keeping anything. It would be better if he had been stillborn. Right? Better if he had never existed. Right? Meaning, probably better if he never learned Torah than if he learned Torah as a pure intellectual exercise without the underlying commitment and relationship. But what does Yerushalmi say? It doesn't just say Torah needs to come from a commitment and a relationship and a context. It says that if you don't interrupt your learning to sit in a sukkah, then your learning is shalom and not lasot. Says Rav Lichtenstein, right? Not exactly like the Me'iri. What Ami said could be interpreted like the Me'iri. And by the way, later in the sheet, there are Rishon who agree with the Me'iri. The Tosot Rosh sounds that way. And the Chidush Yaran, Rav Sadiyon goes very far. But, says Rav Lichtenstein, look at the Yerushalmi and the Grah. Torah is really infinitely more precious than mitzvot. Torah really does pot you for mitzvot. That's what the Ramam says. When the Ramam discussed whether Torah pot you for mitzvot or not, he discussed that in Hachodi Shut, and he said a mitzvah pot you for mitzvot. Kol Shekein Torah pot you for mitzvot. But, practically, sometimes you have to interrupt Torah anyway. Why? Because if you learn Torah and ignore mitzvot, then it becomes a pure intellectual exercise then you're saying, I'm learning Shalom and not Lasot. If you ignore a mitzvah, if you spit, the, at the mitzvah, spit in the face of the mitzvah, then your learning becomes Limud Shalom and Shalom Lasot, and then it's not learning. It undermines your learning. I think that's what Amin really meant. But this is what Rav Lichtenstein says. Now, let's see how this answers the Ramam. Says Rav Lichtenstein. Let's review for a moment. We have now three Hezbeirim of why you... The Gemara says, you interrupt your learning to do a mitzvah that it's necessary for you to do. One is the Birke Yosef, reductio ad absurdum. Otherwise, you'd never do mitzvahs because you could learn all day long and all night long. Two is the Me'iri. Because learning is really less important than mitzvahs. Because learning is just to know how to do mitzvot. And three, Rav Lichtenstein says, based on this Yerushalmi, put these two Yerushalmi together, learning is really more precious than mitzvot. It's not just in order to know how to do mitzvot. Learning is more precious than just knowing how to do mitzvot. Ah, so why do we ever interrupt our learning? We interrupt our learning because if you, Mamish didn't sit in a sukkah, the whole sukkah, or didn't shake a lulav on a day of Sukkot, then that would be lomed almanach lasot. Your learning would be undermined by your contradicting the concept of commitment. Says Rav Lechzi, now he can resurrect a little the Maram Shek and the Nitziv and the Orcha Sholchan. Says Rav Lechzi, that Really, Torah passes you from all mitzvot. And that's why Torah passes you from getting married. What's the only case when you would interrupt learning to do a mitzvah? When otherwise it would be denying the mitzvah. You don't interrupt your learning when you're chayiv to do a mitzvah. 
No, because learning is more important. You only interrupt your learning because you don't want to deny the commitment to the mitzvot. Because if you denied the commitment to the mitzvot, that would undermine your learning and turn it into academic study. Therefore, says the Rambam, you have to interrupt your learning to shake a lulav, because otherwise you're denying the obligation of lulav. You have to interrupt your learning to put on tefillin, because otherwise you're denying the obligation of tefillin. You have to interrupt your learning to help your mother, because otherwise you're denying the obligation of kibbutz avaim. But you don't interrupt your learning to get married, because you could always get married later. And therefore, even though you're chayyim to get married now, since you could always get married later, not getting married is not denying the commitment to get married, it's just delaying the commitment to get married. How luckily, this is the subtlety of Rav Lichtenstein, how luckily there's a force of here for you to get married now. But since you can get married later, and even if you never end up getting married, other people can get married and populate the world, a, a bittle of the assay of getting married might be a technical bittle assay, but it's not a kfira in the assay of getting married. It's not a precat all of the assay of getting married, because you can always do it later, so says Rav Lechenstein, even if you're a vatal and assay, but if you're a vatal and assay in a way that you could do it later and you're not porek ol shel haasei, then it doesn't turn your learning into limit amanat shalolasot and it doesn't undermine your learning. And as long as it doesn't undermine your learning, then you have learning versus mitzvot and learning takes precedence over mitzvot. Let's just review what we've said now and then let's take it in a bit of a hashkafic direction and hope for a miracle which will allow me to finish what I plan to say by 6.15. The, uh, the, uh, <clears throat> we just saw in the Rambam, Stira in the Rambam. On the one hand, you, learning is dochen mitzvot such as marriage. On the other hand, he says, interrupt your learning to do mitzvot. What's the answer? The answer is, the Me'iri says, the answer is pashat. Mitzvot beat learning. Mitzvot beat learning. Ah, uh, why do you not get married? Because you're not trying to get married anyway. You have plenty of time. But for the Rambam, that's not true. The Ramam, mitzvot beat learning, but learning beat mitzvot. So we have three answers. One answer is that, yeah, sitting in the base medrash until you become a ben Torah and know the Torah, that's more important than any mitzvah. Don't get married, stay in the base medrash. But just taking an hour off from learning, it's more important to do mitzvot. That's Shulchan Aruch Second answer is based on the Maram Shik and the Aruch HaShulchan, is that really the chiv to get married is not such an absolute chiv because... Someone else could get married and have kids, or you could get married later. We had trouble with that. Reluctantly didn't like that answer. Even the Nitziv in other places questions that, because technically, halachically, you are chayiv to personally get married right away. So Reluctantly said, subtly different, but philosophically very different, that in a chanami, you're chayiv to personally get married right away. But if you delay marriage or leave it to others, it's not porek all of the mitzvah puravu, because it's still going to be accomplished at some later date, or at least by someone else. And as long as it's not pre-cut old, it's okay to be mevatel and assay for the sake of learning. Because learning is fundamentally really more important than mitzvot. As long as you're not porik old mitzvot, because if you're porik old mitzvot, it turns your learning into a dry intellectual study without a context of commitment, and then you're not even doing the mitzvah of learning Torah in the first place. You're just doing something else that externally appears similar. Now, let's just broaden this for a second. I know I checked with, uh, I checked with my son. He said we already had a sheer quality this year on Baba Kama Daf Yudzayin, because we're learning Baba Kama. On the sugya of Talmud Gadol or Masa Gadol, I'm not going to chazer remember the Rashi and Benutam and the Shiltos, right? When I say Shiltos, it uh, puts a certain light in our eyes. Remember that sugya. The uh, but just very, very briefly to chazer what that Gemara is talking about. What is the Gemara saying, Babakama? And really, it's a Paskan of Gemara in Kedushin. Gadol Talmud Shemei Vilidei Maaseh. 
Learning is better because it leads to ma'aseh. What does that mean? Ultimately, what's really the goal? Learning or action? What might it sound like? Learning is gadol because it leads to ma'aseh. Oh, sorry, I forgot. You had a question a long time ago. Okay. Learning is greater because it leads to ma'aseh. Who remembers what Rashi says? So what's really greater? Rashi says ma'aseh is really greater because learning is just to lead to ma'aseh. That fits with the me'iri that we mentioned. That learning is instrumental to lead to ma'aseh. One way of understanding is that learning is great because it instrumentally helps you do ma'aseh. Now, just to be fair, there are two ways to understand that as well. There's the very simplistic way, which is that if you learn halachas, you know how to keep the halachas. In which case, you should only learn halachas that apply to you. The Me'iri himself says in, I'll read it outside, in Mukher number 30, that it's not just that if you learn, you know the halachas. It's that, ha-mitzvah yoter a mitzvah is greater if it's being done by someone who knows its inyan, who knows its lumdus, who knows its conceptual nature. Friend, I think that's very true. I've seen that in my life. That it's not just that if I learn Torah, I could do mitzvahs better, because now I know the halachas of exactly what to do when, although that's, of course, crucial. It's that if I learn something to eat and I understand what it really means to me, then when I do it, I'm doing it on a totally different level. I'm doing it on a much deeper level, because I'm doing it from recognition of the essence of what I'm doing, and that changed my masa entirely. So those are two ways of understanding the role of Talmud. Either instrumental, you know what to do. It's a Kitzur Shulchan Aruch. The goal is Kitzur Shulchan Aruch, to do Maaseh. Or like the Mirah says, Ha-mitzvah If you understand the mitzvah on a deeper level, when you do it, you're doing it on a totally different madrega. You're doing it with understanding of the meaning. You're doing it connected to the conceptual essence of what you're accomplishing. And then, that's maybe the day mice instrumentally, but instrumentally in a very deep lumdish way. However... There's a wild shot which I found both in the Maharal and the Shla, based on the good old Siman Sibach Akira. Right? We've been assuming until now, Gadol Talmud Mevelinde Maaseh is Sibach. Why is learning great? Because it helps you to get to Maaseh, so therefore that's a reason it's great. It says both Maharal and the Shla. Sorry we can't read everything inside, but it's 25 and 26 of the Makarot sheet. I apologize for quoting Achron. The Maharal is very early Achron. Says the Maharal, philosophically, not Siba, but Siman. If A causes B, which is more powerful? If A can bring B into existence, which is more powerful, A or B? Right? God created the world. What's more powerful? God, because he created the world, and the world can't create God. Right? Says that's what it means. It means Siman. Learning must be greater, because actions can't make you no learning. But learning can make you do actions. Therefore, that shows that learning is intrinsically greater than actions. Since learning has the power to lead to action, it must be intrinsically a more powerful force in the world and a deeper accomplishment than mere action. Say the Maharal and the Shla, they fit with the Yerushalmi. With Rebrechia or whichever uh, Amor it was, either Rebrechia or Rebrechia of Kvartchumen. That one word of Torah is more precious than Maaseh. It's not that instrumentally, Siba, learning is only important because it leads to Maaseh. That siman, learning is intrinsically valuable. Why is it intrinsically valuable? Because it's intrinsically valuable. How do we know it's intrinsically valuable? Ah, because since it produces maaseh, the producer is always more important than the produced. Now I have one simple question. Uh, spend the last few moments on. The, uh, why would learning be intrinsically valuable over and above just leadingly de maaseh? Anyone? What's so important about learning other than the two types of leading to Maaseh, knowing the halachos and understanding the essence of what you're doing? 
Maybe creating Kesher Hashem, we all know the famous Rambam in Makar number um, 32. I suggest everyone take this to the Makoris sheet home and learn all 40 Makoris for Eon because they're obviously very important Makoris because I put them together. The uh, 32, the Rambam says, Mitzvah Hamishidah, you want to do Avoda. Not do Avoda through X, Y, and Z, just Avoda. Everyone know famously, what does the Rambam hold the Mitzvah just Avoda means? Tvila. But not so Pashat. Says the Rambam in the second to last line, to Avod the Amr of Deo Betorato of Deo Betorato. We're not talking carbonos, that's different. It's also, and of Deo Torah to. Learning Torah is Avoda. Learning Torah is an intrinsic connection with Hashem. The Gemara very famously says in 33, that they originally made a that about Kerry can't learn Torah because you have to learn Torah, just like Harsinai. That learning Torah has to be an experience of Harsinai. What was Harsinai? Harsinai was a meeting with Hashem. Learning Torah ideally is avoda. Avoda means an encounter with Hashem like Harsinai, and not only that, I might add, although for this you have to dig deeper into the concept of um, tefillah, avoda requires not only an experience of Hashem. We all know the famous word of Rav Chaim, that what's the ikrakim of tefillah? Is it saying words? What's the famous sheet of Rav Chaim? The kim of tefillah is? Amida of Neamelech is the experience of standing in the presence of God. The, not only that, but there's a lot to add about this, but not for now. Avoda, we think of Karbanos, involves not only a meeting with Hashem, but involves, what's a Karban? A, a sacrifice. A certain degree of sacrifice. Tefillah is a certain degree of sacrifice. We sacrifice our illusion of independence and thinking we can take care of ourselves and we're in charge of our lives and say, Hashem, we really admit you're in charge of our lives. We really admit we need you. We, don't, we can't help ourselves. It's not very hard. It's very easy to mumble the words. It's very hard to really mean. Talmud Torah is also a sacrifice. The Rav talks about how Talmud Torah is the greatest sacrifice. Ultimately, the Rav said on more than one occasion that everyone thinks Judaism rejects human sacrifice. Not true. Judaism believes in sacrificing humans. Just not by shechting them, not the external physical sacrifice of people. That we talk and do reject. Don't misquote me here. But the inner experience of sacrifice that we sacrifice in our souls, we sacrifice ourselves to Hashem. How so? We all have our own ideas about what makes sense and what's right and wrong and what we should do in this world. And the Torah comes and tells us, sacrifice your own notions. You think a lot of things are right and a lot of things are wrong and that you know best. It's a very hard thing to do. It's easy for me to hear and say it and you to smile and nod. It's very hard to do in real life. To say, I really think X, but the Torah says not X. And you know what? I'm going to change my mind and think not X. Not, I'm going to give in and do not X when I'm forced to externally. No, that's not the sacrifice the Rav's talking about. That's not avoda. Avoda means, I think one thing, and instead I'm going to take what the Torah thinks and override what I think, and start thinking the way the Torah wants me to think. That's an avoda. It's a very hard thing to do, not only for modern man. For man in every generation it was hard. Only the hefi timsi changes in each generation. That's avoda. So Torah is ultimately avoda. Torah is greater than lulav and sukkah. Why? Because Torah is the direct encounter with Hashem. Lulav is serving Hashem. But uh, Torah is the direct encounter with Hashem because I'm learning Hashem's words, I'm hearing Hashem's communication. And not only that, I'm sacrificing myself to Hashem in a way that sukkah, I have to sacrifice my leisure to Hashem and sit in the sukkah instead of in the house. Lulav, I have to sacrifice three minutes to Hashem and shake a sukkah instead of watching a three-minute, shake a lulav instead of watching a three-minute YouTube video. But in Talmud Torah, I have to sacrifice my selfhood, my, my independence. I have to sacrifice my right to my own opinion to Hashem. 
Obviously, I have my own opinion in Torah. That's an important part of Talmud Torah. But ultimately, you can only have your own opinion in Torah once you're mishabed, your machshava to the machshavet Torah, and then you earn the right to your opinion in Torah. Not only that, the Tanya says beautifully in 34, and the Nefshachayim says pretty much the exact same thing in only slightly different words in the Nefshachayim in Shardalid, especially in Prakim Yod and Yod Aleph, says that ultimately the greatest connection to Hashem, what is a human being? Is a human being hands? Yes, that's part of us. When I shake a little of my hand, yesh bazem But ultimately, human being's not hands. Is a human being, and ultimately, Hashem's not hands. He doesn't have hands. Is a human being a mouth and a stomach? When I eat matzah, I'm serving Hashem with my mouth and stomach. But that's not the essence of me, and Hashem has no mouth and stomach. A human being is a mind. That's what makes us human, our mind. When we bring divrei Torah into our mind, our mind is now thinking facts of Torah, and piskei Torah, and halachos, and shitas of Torah. What is Hashem ultimately? Hashem is, quote-unquote, the mind without a body. And what's in Hashem's mind? Hashem's mind has the Torah. Says the, both the Tanya and the Nefesh You can learn tons of Kabbalah and mysticism and meditate and be a this and that on a mountaintop. Try to come close to Hashem. There's one shortcut that does better than all that. And that's just learning Babakama. Oh, when I learned Babakama, all I know is that, you know, Halach Lomosh Rishinah, that's through as Pechatsi Nezeg Min Haliyah. Yeah, but Hashem's mind has through as Pechatsi Nezeg Min Haliyah. My mind is now similar to Hashem's mind. That means my mind is godly and divine and connected to Hashem. Okay? There's a lot of unpacking that needs to be done that we don't have time for in the next seven minutes because I have three other topics to discuss. Um, but there's a lot of depth here in the midst of the Torah, and hopefully we can think about that ourselves. And I also want to just point out that we all see with our own eyes what happens to someone who learns Torah. What happens to someone who learns Torah is they become a different person. This avod encounter with Hashem, this hakrava, makabal o malchashamayim, inside, not just outside. This filling your mind with godliness, not philosophy and theology, which is the lower level godliness, because Hashem's not thinking about theology. The even higher godliness of Shor Shadagasapara, which is actually the Das of Hashem, ironically, but logically. That changed the person. The mission of says, Shonacham Beloshana Mishnah, Koloose Vitorlish Mo Zochot Dvarm Harbe. What is Zochot Dvarm Harbe? He gets riches? No. If you learn Torah, you become an oiv et abriot. If you learn Torah, you become a samech et abriot. You become anava and yira and sadik v'chosid. Anyone who met Rav Lechenstein or his Talmidim knows when someone learns Torah, they become an oiv et abriot, a samech et abriot, an anav and a tzadik and a chosid and a chosid with yira and, with, with yira and anava. Right? And become a Naman and a Yashar. Right? The Torah has a transformative effect on someone in a way that Sukkah and Lulav and any mitzvot masiyot don't. Maybe all the mitzvot masiyot put together can have a little transformative effect. But Torah can have even more transformative effect. And maybe that's why Torah is ultimately Gedola Torah, Shemevi Lede Maseh. Yeah, Torah is greater because it's so powerful it can lead to Maseh because it itself has a transformative effect in your personality. So explains the Tosa Riazakim, which is not in my Barilan, so I couldn't put it on the sheet. But I just wrote one line, see Tosh Riazakin earlier. In Kedushin, how is Talmud Torah made Lee It makes you a different kind of person, and that kind of person naturally does different Masim. That kind of person is the kind of person who naturally does the kind of Masim that are Motzechein, Be'inei, Elokim, Adam. If that's what Talmud Torah is all about, then we understand why Talmud Torah would be more precious than any mitzvah. I just want to spend three seconds talking about the theme of the Yom Yon, just Viyat Itim La Torah. The Tosot in number 38 is the famous stira. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says that the first thing you're judged for after you're 120 
in the supernal courtroom is learning Torah. It's the first thing you're judged for. He asked what the Gemara Shabbos says, that they ask you six questions. The first is, Nasata v'natata be'emunah, and the second is, Kavati tin Torah. So, Torah first, Gemara Sanhedrin, or Torah second, Gemara in Shabbat. I, at the very end of the page, I wrote a list of all the Akronim I found who answered that, and all the Rishonim who answered that I actually put on the page. One answer in Tosfot is that, ah, there's a split. Learning Torah comes first, but Kviat Itin Torah that comes second. Learning Torah is the first thing you're judged for before anything else. Did you learn or not? Were you Kovayitim? That's only secondary after whether you were honest in business. However, the other day in Tosfot and all the other Rishonim don't hold that way. The Torah even went so far as to say, that the order in Shabbos is Lavdavka, and in fact, the first question they ask you is Kavate Itim La Torah. This answer in Tosav is important, who separates between learning Torah and Kaviat Itim, because it shows that all the other answers didn't separate. They held that if you're not Kovei Itim La Torah, then your judge is not learning Torah. Why is Kaviat Itim La Torah so important? I never heard Rav Luchstein answer this question, but I know what he would answer. I already know what he would answer. If you think I'm wrong after I say it, just shout and tell me I'm wrong, but you'll think I'm right. Trust me. Unless you're going to say you actually heard it from Lichtenstein, and I only made it up based on what I know from Lichtenstein. For two reasons. Number one, there's a practical reason. If you're Kovea Itim, you keep it up. When you make something a fixed schedule, Kviat Itim La Torah, I've seen with my own eyes a gazillion times. You make something a fixed commitment, you stick to it. You do something when you have the chance, you end up never doing it. If you learn Torah when you have free time, you'll never have free time. There's always a lot of, there's a lot of distractions in the world. If I said I'm only going to learn Torah when I have free time, I know I would never learn Torah because there's so many distractions out there and I'm not such a strong person. But if you're Kovei Tim, then you have a schedule. But I think there's a deeper reason than that. What's the difference in something you schedule into your day and something you do when you have time? The difference is clear. Something you schedule into your day is a value, is a priority. The things you schedule into your day are the things that are important in your life. The things you do when you have time are the things of secondary importance. Even if a guy learns one hour and he keeps the hour, there's a big difference in koveya an hour and he happens to be free for an hour so he learns. If you koveya an hour in your schedule, then that means that Talmud Torah is an essential part of your life. You're defining yourself by Talmud Torah. You're on your way to the mission of Ot, where you are becoming a Ben Torah and fashioning your mind after the Ratzon Habore of the Torah and becoming Tzadik V'anav V'yashar V'neeman Ohevet Tavriot M'samechet Makom M'samechet Tavriot. If you just do something when you have time, then it's a pastime. It's a hobby. Everyone knows the difference between a priority and a, 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 priority and a pastime. Right? If you're Kovei Itim, practically you're more likely to learn, but even more importantly, when you learn, it's a different experience of learning. It's an experience of scheduling your life and building your life around Torah and not just having a pastime and an interest and a side interest in learning Torah. I can just speak from personal experience that, uh, you know, I've seen other people, but other people is never quite so, uh, doesn't quite have the same level in the mind as myself. You know, now... You know, I, I learned Torah all day, Baruch Hashem, and my job is to be a Ram. So it's natural that I learn Torah. But that wasn't always true in all stages of my life. I went to college at a certain point. Um, I worked in Wall Street uh, for a little bit of my life uh, at a certain point. And I remember the experience of Fiati Tim La Torah when I went to college. I made a little cheshben. I said, look, 
Everyone knows you have to get uh, you know straight A's in order to uh, go on and get into the best law school, medical school, or whatever, and be rich someday. Okay, that didn't pan out. Um, but I figured, let's see. You know, and is it such mysterious nefesh? I said, look, it might be mysterious nefesh. Depends how you look at it. I said, let me look around here. How many hours a week does the average student here spend partying? And I looked around, for instance, and I said, the average student spends about 20 hours a week partying. So easily I could have 20 hours a week Seder in the Beit Midrash, and my grades won't suffer, because they obviously build the schedule around that, around reasonable expectations. So sometimes you might have to sacrifice a little partying. And you know what? I didn't do any of the extracurriculars, and I wasn't on a team, and I wasn't on a club, and I wasn't on a this, and I wasn't on a that, and I did my schoolwork, and I spent time, quality time with my friends, and I uh, went out with a girl and ended up marrying her, and, uh, and I learned Torah. You know, and the time to eat and sleep and all the other regular boring things, uh, boring things as well. But it's just, it's something. When you have feet eating, when I have a Seder, I said, okay, I'm learning three hours, I have an Eon Seder. I'm learning a Bikia Seder or a, or a different Eon Seder or whatever it may be. You know, and that's scheduled into your life and you know. And you know what? What if someone says to me, okay, maybe I don't have six hours, I don't have four hours, I only have an hour and 15 minutes because of my work schedule and my et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't matter if it's Kavua, Eaton, Latorah, then you're a different person. I saw the guys in the Mace Medrash at night, the guys in college with me, who sat in the Mace Medrash for night here, but Kavias at night, not just on Shabbos afternoon when they had nothing to do, picked up a book from the library. What about Kavias, Eaton, Latorah? It wasn't just they learned more Torah and they knew more halachas. They were different kind of people. It's like the Mishnah Avos says, like everything we learned. You become a Bentori. You become someone whose life is about Avodah, whose life is really about caring what Hashem feels and what your tafkid is in Avodah Hashem, whose life has a very different priority and different direction to it. And to me, that was a transformative, uh, that was a transformative experience. You know, I think really everything I accomplished since then was, uh, was just uh, due primarily to you know, siyata deshmaya, and secondarily, a certain point of encouragement to my wife. But even before, that was due to the decision that when I leave yeshiva the first time, I'm going to be kovei la Torah and not just wait to see if I have free time. And that's how I'm going to define my life. And uh, I think that uh, that, that decision was, uh, was of crucial importance. Okay, idach, uh, not just perusha. But uh, there's a lot more here, Zilgmar. And I wish everyone a uh, tremendous amount of Aslochim in Kovei Itim Torah and really becoming everything the mission of says the Ben Torah is Anav Yurechet, Yashar, Vneeman, Ohevet Habriot, Ohevet Hamakom, Misamech Hatamakom, Umusamech Et Habriot. Thank you very much.